Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1958. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful London, England, with a very special guest by the name of Catherine Bond Muir. Catherine, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am indeed, and thank you very much for having me, Mark. Absolutely. We're going to have some fun today. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Catherine? Um, I am officially the worst singer in the world. (laughs) I would challenge anyone to have as poor a pitch as I do. You know, I think I'm right there with you. I, I used to sing in choir in church. And then this thing called puberty hit, and it just blew everything to smithereens. And ever since, yeah, just not my thing. And I'm always in awe of people that have a beautiful voice. I worked with a lady years ago, and one day we were in our lunchroom, and I said, what are you doing this weekend? She went back when you could ask people those questions. And uh, she said, well, I'm singing in this event. And I said, singing? I didn't know you could sing. And she starts singing. I, I, I had to, like, sit down. I couldn't believe it. Wow. So I think like race car driving, it's a talent that has to be practiced, right? And uh, skilled and crafted over time. I think you need basic talent to begin with. <laughs> Maybe so. And, and I think that's the point I'm making. It's, it, it is my voice is dreadful and I cannot <laughs> see that it's ever going to be improved because I only know it's dreadful because people tell me how oh, dreadful it is. Oh, okay. I think I'm seeing fi- I'm singing fine, but apparently not. Ouch. Yeah. Well, I think I've heard those same words. So, uh, well, like race car driving, uh, there is a talent involved. So let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into your world. Catherine Bonmuir is the chief executive officer of the W Series, a free to enter championship that provides equal opportunities for women by eliminating the financial barriers that have historically prevented them from progressing to the upper echelons of the motorsports world. Participants run in identical cars, ensuring talent takes precedence. She and her team have created the greatest number of professional female race car drivers of all time. Bravo. They hold a landmark partnership with Formula One and support those races, have supported those races in seven Grand Prix weekends this year. Catherine was a former intellectual property solicitor, an attorney, worked in corporate finance, and spent a decade on sports and gaming deals. After a career break following the birth of her child, she was ready for a new challenge, and the W Series was born. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about Catherine, the W Series, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So give them a little love, a little listen, and we'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guard for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft 
Covercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word YAH, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout. Yeah, 21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company. And I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework. I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider, according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. So, Catherine, we're back. Let's uh, dive a little deeper into the corner. That's your world of racing. Uh, let's talk about what led up to this, because I've had two drivers from your series on the show, Sabra Cook and Ayla Agron. I'd like to have a lot more because they were very fascinating to talk to. But how did you find yourself in this role? Because when we, we had a great pre-show chat, Catherine and I, and I said, do you ever think you'd be sitting in this seat? So uh, take the wheel. Well, I am a a massive sports fan, which is why in my professional career as a corporate financier and as an attorney, I specialise basically in sport because I've always had the belief that in work you need to do what you, what you enjoy. And when I, you know, moving forward all the way through my career, when I was 45, I had my first and only child. And at that stage, nothing was more important to me. So I gave up work. Um, unbeknownst to me, there was a book that my friends were putting together as to how long it would be before I started working again, because I don't think I'm the personality type to stay at home for that long. So sure enough, two and a half years later, I was chomping at the bit and thinking that I needed to do something, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something involved in sport. I knew I didn't want to be an advisor, so I couldn't do anything that I had done historically. And genuinely, at that point, I had a drink with a couple of friends uh, who work in Formula One, and they suggested to me, well, what about a women's only motor racing series? And because I was in a pub that night, I was quite enthusiastic about the idea. (laughs) Be careful what you talk about in a pub. (laughs) It might happen. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. You know, who, who knew? Yeah. 
And then I did some research and I thought actually it was probably a bit of a rubbish idea because if men and women compete equally in motorsport, it would be seen as being sexist and we didn't need it and what's the point? Women will come through eventually. Um, but then I didn't stop there and I, did, I carried on and started looking at the data of the number of women who were involved in motorsport across the world. And if you looked at the numbers of women who were competing in motor racing, single-seater series across the world, the trend year on year over the previous eight years was actually going down. Mm -hmm. So fewer women were racing than had been raced eight years before, and year on year that number was, as I said, going down. So there was a problem. And I thought it was a problem that needed to be fixed. I mean, this was at the time that lots of other sports in the world that the interest in women's aspects of it, including, you know, especially in, in soccer, that you all know in the States very well. So there was a problem. It needed to be fixed. And I started on that very long process of trying to raise money. So being a former corporate financier, I'd written you know, thousands of business plans. So I did one for W Series and started on that lonely trip of trying to raise money for an idea. Wow. And it was incredibly difficult, but it was for a number of reasons. You know, I, I had lots of friends who were in the upper echelons of British sport, and I spoke to them about the idea and their criticisms were uh, long and wide-ranging. Uh, but one of the most common ones was that, you know, Catherine, it's a great idea, it needs to be done. But remember, no one watches women's sport. So you're never going to get any sponsors because no one's ever going to put their name, you know, it won't get on television because people don't watch women's sport. Well, mm -hmm. it's very, very good that I don't listen to the advice <laughs> of my esteemed friends because... I believed that women's sport globally was at an inflection point at, at that time. And we're talking about, you know, 2016, 2017. You know, I believed the world was changing. And, Mark, remember, this was these were in pre-Me Too years. And I think what Me Too has done to, you know, it's obviously had a global impact on, on you know, female rights, but... I think it's speeded up a lot of what needs to happen in female sport. And I think as a result, lots more sponsors and lots more money and media groups have made decisions to support female sport. So at the beginning of my idea, there wasn't a strong wind behind female sport, but, you know, everyone needs luck. And as W Series was developing in the early stages, you know, I, there was a wind that was 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 backing the idea. And um, David Coulthard, you know, the former Formula One driver, uh, came involved and he introduced me to Sean Wadsworth, who's a fellow Scot he was at school with. And Sean has been you know, the cornerstone investor in W Series. And he also introduced uh, a couple of former colleagues of his, Dave Ryan, who was at, who was boy and man at McLaren Racing. You know, he started off, as he said, sweeping the fours. And when he left, he was racing director and he had been there for 33 years. So there are very few men in the world that know an awful lot more about motorsport than he does. Mm -hmm. And he also introduced Matt Bishop, who had been 
comms director of McLaren too, and he was really the magician that made the announcement and you know of of W series you know resonate throughout the world and then get you know global media outlets interested in W series. Now, unfortunately, Matt has gone back into Formula One and he's now um, chief comms officer of Aston Martin uh, racing team. So, but he's still you know an extremely good friend of ours. You know, one of the things that I believe is well, there's several things about what you've done. I think is brilliant. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Uh, one is that you made the entry cost for women racers affordable or at no cost, as I mentioned in the intro. I've interviewed hundreds of race car drivers, and money always comes up, always, with everyone. Many of them almost quit. Bobby Rahal was literally this far walking out the door saying, I'm done, walked up to somebody in a lobby, and the rest is history, as they say. And then Graham, of course, has followed in his footprints. But you, you that's one of your barriers that you shut out, which is a huge enabler for a lot of talent to come your way, Right. Well, I think that the advantage of not being a motorsport person meant that I could build this idea and that we could structure the business from what we believed were common sense principles. And what W Series is about, the heart of its DNA, is about promoting women in all aspects of motorsport, you know, not just driving. But if we were really about finding the best and fastest female drivers in the world, we had to take away that financial barrier because women were being affected by it, I believe, you know, much more than men. And I think that's one of the main reasons why we haven't had a woman, you know, racing in Formula One for so long. You know, you've obviously had, you know, Dan- Danica Patrick, you know, being a brilliant driver in the US. But, you know, in the last couple of decades, she's the only female who has really broken through, you know, on a, on a, a massive stage. And you looked at the reasons why women haven't been promoted in motorsport. My belief is that, you know, the sponsors and the financial support go to the really super talented youngsters who people believe are going to be the next world champion, you know, in whichever series that they go into. And because a woman, let's face it, has never been a world champion in a motor racing series, why are you going to put your money behind a woman. I I think now money is starting to go behind women and women are start or people are starting to believe that a woman can get into Formula One again. You know, they're not necessarily saying they're going to be a champion, but I think, you know, money is starting to go and supporting women at much more grassroots level that is required. Because as we know, one of the reasons why there hasn't been um, a, a woman involved in Formula One for over 45 years is because the girls do not get and historically haven't had the same time in cars from karting up to, you know, and the Formula One level is through to Formula Four, Formula Three, and then they're, they're on in through to obviously to Formula Two and One. And what our drivers, and they all admit it, They say their male counterparts have had tens, if not hundreds of more hours, times more hours in those cars than they have because they haven't had access to them. So that's a very long-winded way to say, you know, I believe it's, you know, it's all about the money. 
And therefore, we had to make it part of our DNA that a woman would never have to put money into that. And um, we asked them to get to their local international airport. And thereafter, absolutely everything else is paid for. It's brilliant. The other thing that you did, I thought was really great. And you mentioned it earlier, the comment that people aren't watching women's sports is hitching your wagon to Formula One and being a support race for those venues because eyes are on Formula One. People watch that and being there and part of that series, kind of like the GT series that has run with Formula One, gets eyes on those series that maybe never looked there before. And when you look at the cars that you guys are running, they look like Formula One cars, very much so. So whether whoever's in the car, women or man, it's a cool looking car and it's going really fast. So that was another neat thing you did, I thought. How did you pull that one off? What is very important in the DNA of, of W Series 2 is that the cars are, abs- or are as identical as they possibly can be. And that is important for us not to be a technological um, series. It's, to, it's just about the female talent. No, because it is really important is to take that, that, that the, the barrier of money away, but also to, to demonstrate through the, the sameness of the cars um, that it is all about the driver and it's not about the technological brilliance of, of any particular team. Mm-hmm. You asked me another question. I actually haven't answered the question. <laughs> that you asked. No, that's fine. He is, is hitching your wagon to the F1 series so that you could be there as part of those weekends because there's already eyes on those cars, the F1 series on the weekends, and you're part of the part of the weekend, part of the experience. Well, in 2019, we were racing on the DTM series, which is a European GT series, which is is very popular in Western Europe. And in the UK, for example, because we got a really high quality terrestrial deal you know, in the UK before we'd even you know, raced a race, we were the second most watched motorsport in the UK. Wow. We were the second most watched female sport in the UK. Right. So, you know, we came out of the traps actually really being a well-supported series. And going forward, the beauty of our tie-up with Formula One is is all about uh, just, you know, growing the brand and having um, more rivals on us because all of those eyeballs are on Formula One weekends. Now, we'd still do our own TV deals. We're, we're not in every country. We're not on the same broadcast platform as, as they are. But it has just given us a lot more credibility. You know, when Formula One puts us on their social media platforms, you know, we're still small. We still just get tens of thousands of likes or repost or whatever you do Mark I'm too old to know all those technical terms and what it is but you know Formula One does and you know we get over you know we get over two million people either liking or forwarding or whatever they do on Instagram or reposting and therefore that is something that we can't mimic ourselves so it is you know Formula One I think gives us incredible credibility because the largest motorsport platform in the world is supporting us. So that helps us with our discussions with potential commercial partners, because I think it just gives us a, a, a seal of competence, right. competency that otherwise that people won't necessarily know 
you know, how professional we are. And clearly, um, Formula One looked at us after the first year and was, you know, that they said that, you know, they thought that we were an important uh, progression in motorsport, but had to look at us to check out that we, you know, we were, you know, a professionally produced series. Right. It's wonderful. You know, I like to ask my guests about what I call driving inspirations, mentors, people that have been influential, helpful. Uh, When you think about the W series, and I'm sure there's been a lot of people, but is there one person that really stands out for you that's been a great uh, influencer, support? Actually, and, and I am going to say that there is one person and she is a woman and I didn't meet her until we did our first election process. But Lynn St. James is a firecracker. You know, she is so bright and she's got a really sensible head on her shoulders. I love the way that she deals with the drivers because she's pretty brutal with them. The ones that are underperforming, you know, I I. I am not as tough with the drivers at all because obviously I have to stay independent because I'm involved in W Series, but I'm so impressed by the way that she interacts with the drivers and she doesn't pull her punches. And if 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 she thinks they haven't driven well, you know, boy, does she tell them. So, yeah, so it's definitely Lynn. Yeah, she's been a guest three times on my show. I've, I've become a friends with her. She's a wonderful driver, to use a great pun here, uh, of the sport, of women in the sport, continually supporting them. She's introduced me to some wonderful people that have been on my show that are women in the motorsports industry. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned her. It brings a smile to my face. We're going to take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge, as if there weren't a few in developing the Debbie series. So keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at linkagemag.com. So let's talk about this, Catherine. 
If you could pick one, a big one, a big wall you crashed into, let's say, putting this whole thing together that was a big challenge for you, what was that? But more importantly, what was that lesson it taught so you could move forward? It was unquestionably raising the money. You know, it, it, it took over two years to raise the money. And, you know, I can't overestimate you know, the difficulty in doing that for the reasons that I, I've stated before. But also, ultimately, if no one's going to put one million pounds in. If they know I'm going to raise 20, I need to raise 20 million pounds. And, yeah. you know, getting getting the early stage money in is was monumentally difficult. And, no, I'd spent two years trying to do it and had failed. And then I was thinking, well, look, I've spent two years of my life on this project trying to get it off the ground. You know, I'm getting really good traction, but I'm just not getting the cash in. Yeah. And therefore, if this doesn't happen, I thought that I'd wasted two years of my life. And therefore, if I'm doing it for another year, there's a danger I'm going to waste three years of and I was going to give up. And on two separate occasions, I was absolutely determined to give up. And the person that wouldn't let me give up both occasions was my husband. Because he said, you put so much time and effort into this. You know it's a good idea. You know that you know more people are getting involved. You know, people are really telling you that this is something that is needed. So, you know, good on, you know, Gordon for you know, putting my nose to the grindstone and actually genuinely, he just said, I'm not letting you do this. You've got to keep on. So, you know, the irony is that, you know, I, I mentioned a whole variety of people, you know, early on in this call who were, who, uh, you know, David Coulthard, you know, Sean Wadsworth, our investor, Dave Ryan, Matt Bishop, you know, now my husband, you'll note that all of them are men. And without any of those, I don't think, W series would be the success it is. So, you know, I do have to say that, you know, whilst I was, you know, the founder, you know, it has been, you know, through male endeavor and male support for W series that that this this series has actually been successful. Well, as you know, you married the right guy. So there you go. Having someone that supports wild and audacious dreams, nothing better than that. Yeah. Wonderful. How about a bucket list? If you could look ahead, let's say two to three years with the W Series, what do you see it looking like? Well, I want in three years' time, I want to go to a dinner party in motorsport-friendly countries and speak to people who aren't interested in motorsport and for them to say, yes, I know what W Series is. Hmm. You know, from a standing start, you know, it is about growing our brand globally. You know, we had our first race in the States, uh, obviously, this year. It was unbelievably successful from our point of view. You know, the commercial interest from, you know, the American brands and companies was off the charts. And therefore, I love America very, very much indeed. <laughs> and, you know, we would love to have increasing involvement in America. So I think it is, it is it's not so much a bucket list. It is just about growing the brand and making the brand famous across the world. 
Well, I'm glad I've got a little tiny piece in this to bring this to my listeners' ears. And uh, I'll let you know right now, I mentioned two of your racers that have been on the show. I'd invite them all. I'd love to have all of them on the show here to share their stories because everybody has an individual story as to how they got to the W Series, where they want to go from there, what it means to them, and, and how it works. And that's what Car Shell yeah, is all about, is people that have wrapped that passion of motorsports or automobiles trucks, motorcycles into their lives and their careers. So uh, I'll extend that invitation to to keep helping you in any way I possibly can. Thank you. I think this is very cool. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's talk about you a little bit. We've talked about W Series, but I know you're not a racer, and, but would you consider yourself a bit of a car gal? Oh, yes, I do. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I love cars. Okay, so, perfect. Um, I've got a whole list of cars that I intend to buy in the next few years. <laughs> okay. So, yes, I, I do, and I may have broken the speed limit from time to maybe. time. Maybe. Okay, well, m- maybe. There's a big maybe but, but, there. But let's not, let's not stay on the uh, pause on that point. No, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's continue. Yes. Well, let's talk about one special vehicle in your life. Is there one that stands out? And if so, maybe tell us a story about that ride. I'm actually probably going to breach the rules. That's because fine. I'm going to tell you if, if that's okay. I'm you're you're you a, a rule breacher anyway. That's fine. I yeah. love I love disruptors. Because when you say bike, I'm actually going to do a mountain bike. I'm not going to do a vehicle with, okay. with an engine. So many years ago, I went off on holiday on my own, but I enjoyed um, joined a, a group of people to go mountain biking in Bhutan. Whoa! And on the first day, we uh, before we flew to Bhutan, we, we gathered in Kathmandu and we um, went out mi- mountain biking just outside Kathmandu, but, you know, well into the Himalayas. We were going uphill and I don't know to this day what happened, but I, I was really late into seeing a fork in the road and I just lost my balance and I went to try and regain it and I took the right fork and unfortunately the right fork uh, was a path that had a chair drop on the side Uh-oh. and I just I lost my balance and fortunately I pushed my bike away from me and as I fell so I fell vertically 30 foot oh, 30 feet 30 feet Holy vertically could God. have been more but it was a big big long old Wow. And because I pushed the bike away, I went head first, but there was a pipe that was um was just had come out of the mountainside. And as I was falling, I tried to grab the pipe, which fortunately turned me round from going head first to to landing on my feet. So, so flipped you over. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And so when I landed, actually all that happened was that I was bruised, but it was probably more of a bruised ego. But like an idiot, I carried on cycling. And I think I know why I did. And it was I was incredibly shaken up, but I carried on cycling because I sort of didn't want to, you know, fail in front of other people because all the people that were around me didn't know me. But that was actually the worst decision that I had made because I carried on cycling and just 40 minutes later, um, because I was wobbling around, because basically I think I was in shock, I was just on a, a small ridge with paddy fields on both sides. And literally, I think it was a two-foot drop into the paddy fields. 
Uh, but when it got to a rocky bit, you know, when it's like skiing or like biking, you get to a rocky bit, you, you have to, to cycle hard into that bit. And I didn't. Anyway, I just fell off the side or in, into the paddy field, which in comparison to, to the, the previous fall yeah. that I had. <laughs> it was a soft a landing. Play. But what I did on that fall, basically I dislocated my kneecap. I knocked all the articular cartilage oh. off my femur and tibia. Ouch. And I, I fully ruptured both my ACL and my medial ligaments. So oh, two of my gosh. three ligaments. As So basically yeah. I just, um, my leg you know, went in one direction and then came back in another direction and Ugh. so snapped two of the ligaments. And as a result I, of that, I was on uh, crutches for two years, three months. Two years? I kept, having, I kept having knee operations. So I had four operations. Finally, actually, I went to the States to pay for myself to go to see Richard Stedman, who was still operating at the time, who was a very famous knee surgeon in Vale. And he actually fixed me. So that wow. was fine. But as a result, because I was on crutches for so long, so I'd had my four knee surgeries. I subsequently had to have um, surgery on both my shoulders. Um, I had two subacromial decompressions for people who understand shoulder surgery on my shoulders. And then last year, I had surgery on my back because I've got arthritis in my back as a result of being on crutches you know and sure. I, um, I for, for that period of time I was biased to one side so yeah I think so that's the so I just wanted to say that story of just you know is how things in your life can go so wrong very so very fast. quickly yeah and I wouldn't have minded if it had if I'd had that injury I think on the first fall but it's my fault that I carried on. And I'm so angry with myself for carrying on because I should have just stopped and just called time on the day, yeah. got myself together, yeah. thought I'm really shaken up here, and then I could have gone on. I could have spent two and a half weeks in Bhutan and had a lovely holiday, but it didn't work out that way. That evil peer pressure can do bad things to us, can it? Yeah. Wow. What a crazy story. Holy cow. I don't think I've ever heard a crazier story on this show about a special vehicle. <laughs> definitely, yes. definitely the first mountain bike. Well, now I'm going to go a little deeper. I'm going to get into your head and be your automotive psychologist, okay? If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is the lady in the mirror who you perceive yourself in a vehicle what would you be and why? Well, I've got one actually. Okay. I'd be a I'd be a Land Rover Defender. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, because I've got an old model, so I'm getting on in life <laughs> quite a bit. So I'm old. Okay. Um, it, it it's 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 bulky, but it's built to withstand challenges. Yeah. So you know you can take it wherever you want to. Um, it's unpretentious and it just gets you where you need to be. So I, th I think that's what I'd be. You know, that's a good fit. I, I love watching some of these uh, YouTube series that individual put on. That they have adventures. And my listeners know I listen to Sailing La Vagabond. It's a couple from Australia that have been sailing around the world for seven years. Uh, now they have two kids on their boat. It's just incredible. But I just watched, started watching another young lady who is from Poland. And she's traveling all over Europe in a Land Rover Defender by herself, which is something in and of itself going to some very remote things. But 
same kind of idea as you were saying this is those vehicles are known for going anywhere, doing anything. There you go. But for my side of the fence, you're not looking very old, Catherine. So don't put yourself there quite yet. Okay. <laughs> but I, I get the, I get the metaphor. I get the idea. You know, obviously you love to give back because you, cr- you've worked so hard to create this series to help women uh, in the automotive sector. Is, is that part of why you did this? Oh, absolutely. It is, it is to, it isn't just about promoting female drivers. It, it is, when I looked at motorsport, it was very male and pale. So, you know, I'm also one of the governing body of motorsport in the UK. I, I sit on the board there and I'm chair of the EDI committee there too, which is equality, diversity and inclusion. And I believe passionately that motorsport across the world needs to be more diverse. You know, it needs to be representative of our culture. And that really is because I love motorsport and I genuinely believe that that has to happen for the uh, for the future survival of the sport. You know, we need to get more women involved. Very obviously, you know, we're over 50% of the population. So women, uh, but we also need more women in STEM subjects in all parts of the world too. And the wonderful thing about motorsport it's a fabulous way to go into schools and talk about STEM subjects because let's face it, it's when I speak, to, and I love speaking to school kids, but they love hearing about motorsport and W Series because it's sexy or they see it as being sexy and exciting. You know, from where I sit, I, I wouldn't necessarily give it those two adjectives, but <laughs> once it gets on, on, the, on the, the screen, TV screen, yeah. You know, it is, it's an absolutely fabulously exciting sport. And therefore, it's really easy to engage children to talk to them about STEM subjects, about mechanics, about engineering. But also, you know, from my background, you know, with W series, you know, I'm looking at a lawyer through um, my glass wall here, you know, and she worked for Bernie Eccleston for 22 years. You wow. know? So, you know, we've got, we've got lawyers. And also what's very interesting, and I, I you may not realize this in the States that, you know, Bernie was a messer and he, you know, he talked a lot about, you know, and talked women down saying, you know, they belonged in the kitchen. But he was joking. You know, what sex were all of his female, um, what I've just given it away, were all of his senior lawyers. You know, they were all women. Bernie respected women massively. Basically, you know, most of the senior positions at Formula One when he was there were, you know, that he had women in them. So he was not sexist at all. And he believed in the value of having women in his organization. He liked to stir the pot, that Bernie, didn't he? Indeed. Yeah, that was one of his things. Now, how about a great book? Is there a great book you'd like to share with us? I think there are a couple. There is one by, written by Adrian Newey called How to Build a Car. And when I was developing W series, someone said, if you want to know in a one book about what motorsport is like, read that. And it's, and it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, it isn't, it, it isn't just about his experience, which it is, but actually what it does very cleverly is, is talk to you about the structures of motorsport. And then that leads me into another book that Bernie probably wouldn't want me to recommend, but it, it is a book by Tom Bower, B-O-W-E-R, and he's a pretty famous um, author, and 
what he is seen as doing is doing hatchet jobs on biographies on individuals. And I, I, I'm not sure Bernie was that impressed by the book about him, but actually what that do, the book does do, I mean, it is a brilliant book because it actually, it, it explains how Bernie got to own Formula One, you know, and what deals he did along the way. And it is just, it, 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 it tells the story, which, it, and I don't think any other book actually, you know, takes Bernie from beginning to, you know, what he did achieve. And let's face it, he achieved something in motorsport that no other man has, has done. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, many people have said, how did he do that? So a uh, great book recommendation, yeah. both of those books, actually. I'll put them on Catherine's show notes page so you can find them very quickly. Uh, by the way, listeners, I've got a great place on my website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over 2,000 books listed there with quick, easy clicks to buy, a whole automotive library and business too. All right, let's go on the ultimate drive. I have a magic scepter which allows me to take you on the ultimate drive. You get to pick any vehicle in the world, any person, living or deceased, and you get to go anywhere. Let's stay off of a bicycle and stay in a car this time, okay? So what is the ultimate? She's rubbing her hands together. I think she's a little excited about this this ultimate drive. What does it look like for you, Catherine? Uh, powder blue. E-Type Series 1 Roadster. Ooh. Easy peasy. I didn't I didn't even, I just didn't have to think about it. Okay. That's where I want to be. Okay. And who would you like to go on a ride with? Well, I think for the purposes of this podcast, I, it needs to be a woman. But I am going to leave motorsport for this. Okay. And I'm going to pick a woman who's called Stella Remington, who is head of... A, MI5. So for the people who don't know what MI5 is, it is the domestic secret service. So MI6 is what uh, Hugh was head of for the people Bond, who James, James Bond. James Bond filmed. If there had been a female head of MI6, in reality, I would have had her, but I'm going to go for MI5. And that is just because I would love to have someone who was running a secret service that they were in a car with me, they wouldn't, they couldn't go anywhere because I'm behind the wheel, I'm driving, so yep. I'm going where I go. And I would have to give her a truth drug that she couldn't <laughs> say, I can't tell anyone anything because of the Secret Service. The stories, uh, or, yeah. Or, because of uh, the, the laws against uh, breaching uh, uh, confidentiality rules. And I would want her to... Uh, Answer me lots of questions. Wow, fascinating answer to that question. Particular place you'd like to be driving? I tell you, the best road trip I've ever had was from Colorado to Utah, or, or through Utah to Las Vegas. So actually, I'll start off in Denver, and I'll finish up in uh, Las Vegas, and I'll spend a lot of that time in, in Utah. Yeah, yeah, I've been on that same that same drive. Beautiful, beautiful country. You've taken us on an amazing ride today, Catherine. This has been so much fun. I think I could talk to you for hours. Before I let you go, though, could you share with us maybe a success quote, a mantra, or some kind of inspirational saying? Easy. G.K. Chesterton. Okay. Who said, who said, I owe my success to having listened respectfully to the very best advice and then going away and doing the exact opposite. <laughs> Sounds like what you did. <laughs> I love it. That's great. 
Chesterton, wonderful. I don't think I've heard that, but I've heard renditions of that. So uh, yeah, brilliant. I love it. How can people learn more about the W Series? Uh, they can go onto our website. They can join our social channels. I think a really easy, accessible way of seeing what we're about is going onto our YouTube channel. And you know, we've got lots and lots of VTs of videos of magazine shows, you know, a document, our documentary about our first year. You know, it is it's full of uh, much more interesting people than I am, um, and that's about the drivers, and that's really you know what you know. The drivers sell W Series, not a middle-aged woman. <laughs> you do a pretty good job yourself, Catherine. I'll make sure I put links to all these on Catherine's show notes page. Check out the W Series. Check out their YouTube page. I want to do a shout-out. Thank you to Barbara Burns at the Burns Group PR. She introduced me to Catherine. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. She is amazing. Yes, yeah, she's wonderful. We love her. Yeah, she's great. Catherine, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise. Uh, staying at the office a little late for me today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks very much, Mark. It has been an absolute delight to talk to you this evening. Oh, this has been great fun. I really appreciate your time. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the United States are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young women and men to consider these careers as a viable path to a fulfilling life. I've interviewed hundreds of women in the automotive sector here on Cars Yeah, and I know that women make great Tax. That's why I support the nonprofit Tech Force Foundation and its Women Techs Rock initiative to ensure women see themselves in the profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!